Welcome to Central. Man, how about that guy doing the announcements? He crushed it. Uh, anyway, hey, before we get started, a couple quick questions. Um, how many of you are ready for like back to school? Like you're ready for back to school. You got kids going back to school. You can just make a, maybe a comment in the chat. Uh, how many of you just love, maybe when you were a kid, you loved back to school shopping. Like that was one of the highlights of your year. Maybe some fresh kicks, that new smell of a fresh box of crayons. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, how many of you, maybe we make a comment in the chat, say, I wish I could go back to kindergarten. Like kindergarten was the best. Like if I could rewind time, that would be the time I picked. Because if you're like me, kindergarten was pretty epic. Like you show up to school, like you do some finger paintings, like you, you get a little bit of snack time, you go out for a recess, and then and then then you get sit on the circle, like circle time where the teacher reads to you. Then it's lunch. And then it's recess again, and then it's snack time, and then it's nap time. I'm like, does life get any better than that? Like you have a nap built into your day because finger painting was so, so, so exhausting. Like kindergarten is the best. And I know a lot of you parents are getting ready for, for back to school stuff, but whether you're getting ready for back to school or not, how many of you, you just be honest and say, man, I, I wish I would like to be a more grateful person. I would like to live life more thankful. I think if we're honest, man, we, I'd raise my hand on that. I, I would want to be a more thankful, grateful person. I mean, we, we all want that. And so the question is, how do we become more thankful? How do we be more grateful people? And, uh, and actually, the, the research is out, the studies are out that cultivating gratitude and thankfulness is one of the most effective things a person can do to improve everyday quality of life. And so how is this so, so challenging for us? Well, Harvard Medical School, they published an article entitled this, Giving Thanks Can Make You Happier. And in that article, it cites two psychologists, one, Dr. Robert Emmons of University of California, UC Davis. Shout out to all the UC Davis grads out there. And uh, Dr. Michael Makua of University of Miami. And if you graduated from University of Miami, please let us know because we would love to just hear from someone on the other side of the world from us today. But, but their research, they did research on gratitude. And in one study, they asked participants to write a few sentences each week. So not like a novel, not like a, a page a day, but just a couple sentences each week on a couple different topics. The first group was to write uh, things they're, they're grateful for that occurred during the week, just a couple sentences. Second group were to write daily irritations, things that, that they were displeased about, things they were unsettled about. The third group was to write about events that occurred. They weren't necessarily good or bad. They were just events that took place throughout, throughout their week. And, and so check this out. Here's the results of the study. After 10 weeks, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic, felt better about their lives. And surprisingly, they also exercised more, had fewer visits to the physician and then those who are focused on all what agitated them. And so research backs this up. The Bible talks about it. You want it. I want it. We want to be more grateful people. But why is it so hard? <laughs> why, why, why do we need a national holiday called Thanksgiving to remind us to be, to be grateful people? Well, I think one of the reasons is the myth of the closed door. The myth of of the closed door. And what do I mean by that? So imagine with me, if you will, right now, like you're, you're standing, sitting wherever you are, and right in front of you is a closed door. 
And on the other side of that closed door, there's laughter, there's celebration, there's, there's a party taking place. And that represents different things for each one of us. But on the other side of that closed door is what you feel would make you more content, what you feel like would bring more satisfaction in your life. For some of you, you have friends and a place to, to live and transportation, but you don't have romance. And so you focus on that closed door. Others of you have a spouse, you, you have, have a place to live, but your job is not your favorite place to go for 40 hours a week. And so you think, man, if I could just get on the other side of a new door, if I could open the door to a new opportunity, then I would be, then I'd be happy. Or maybe you have a dream or a goal pursuing related to your health or kids or family, and you keep trying to open that door, but the door remains locked for some unknown Reason and it, and it feels like all you need to do, all you hope for, is to get that door open. And so, so no matter how many doors have been opened before, no matter how many doors were once closed in your life that are now open to you, for whatever reason, we can only focus on that closed door right in front of us. And so today, we're going to look at another statement that Jesus made about who he is, another I am statement. And it's during this series, we've been, we've been looking at, at some of the statements Jesus made about, so we can understand more who he is. And one of those statements he makes, he says, no matter of fact, I am the door. In other words, I'm the gate. And what we ultimately see is him saying that Jesus himself is the door that opens and closes to a rich and satisfying life. So there are no closed doors in life that he wants for you. And that's, that's reason to be, be grateful. So let's dive in. But, but before we pull up the scriptures today, we're going to be looking at, I, I want us to, uh, in order to fully appreciate, I think the text that we're going to be, be looking at, I don't know how many of you grew up with sheep or like you're from an agricultural culture. Uh, but, but I, you know, I honestly, I didn't know a whole lot about sheep before kind of doing some, some research and study, but but, but sheep are defenseless. They're, they're kind of defenseless animals. They need a lot of care for their survival. They need to be led, where to eat, how, how to be safe, how to be clean, how to avoid uh, uh, bugs and insects that try to torment them. And at night, they especially need care. It's at night that sheep are most vulnerable. They're, they're most uh, vulnerable to predators. They're, 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 that's when danger is always lurking, when, when an animals or, or their, their adversary wants to come steal them away from the shepherd, destroy them, tear them up, and, and, and kill them. And so shepherds, they, they came with this method. They, they would create these sheep pens. And here's a picture of it. Uh, these, these shepherds would build walls out of rocks, sometimes sticks, but they would put sharp objects along the top. And then the shepherd himself would be at the gate. He, he would be the door that would allow the sheep to come in whenever there, there's predators nearby. And he'd be the one to allow the sheep to go out and to find pasture, to find sustenance, to find food, to find what they need to, to live and survive. And here's another picture of an actual, actual sheep gate. And you can see here where the shepherd would lie. And here's, here's one more just so we can get a, a visual of what Jesus is about to talk to us about another sheep pen. So with that, as kind of a backdrop, is that, with that in mind, now let's read John chapter 10, verses 6 through 10. He said this 
those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. And we just need to pause there so all you good Bible scholars are like, what is he talking about here? What does this even mean? Well, in the verses previous and what we talked about on Father's Day weekend, you can go back and listen to that. Jesus has told them, I am the good shepherd. And they're like, what does that mean? We, we don't understand. So he goes on to explain what he means by being the good shepherd a little bit further here. And he says, I tell you the truth. I am the gate or the door for the sheep. All who come to me before were thieves and robbers, uh, but the true sheep, they didn't listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. I'm the door. Those who come in through me will be saved. Like they're going to be safe. They're going to be protected. They're going to be covered. He's going to watch over them. He's going to have their back, keep them from the, the enemy that's lurking. They, they will come and go freely and find good pastures. But you need to know this. The thief he has a different purpose for you, just like the sheep outside that pen wants to devour the sheep. You need to know this. You got a real enemy, too. And his purpose, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. But the shepherd's purpose, my purpose is to give you a, a rich and satisfying life. So Jesus is the door. He closes to protect you from some things. He opens it to give you freedom to go explore, to go, go find pastures, to go, go, go take hold of some things in life and to understand that our best life is found on the other side of the doors Jesus opens, not the ones that he, he closes because he only closes some doors for their protection. The sheep, whenever the, the sheep were in the pen, the door was closed. The shepherd is the door. He's the gate that would not allow them to go out. And the reason, even though the sheep were like, nah, I think, I think the party's on the other side of the wall. He knew there was a, an enemy there waiting to devour them. So he protected them for their own good. And so our first point is this, if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, is that we, could, we should be people. We should find gratitude here. Let's be people who thank God for closed doors. Let's be people that thank God for closed doors. It often feels like hope is on the other side of that door, though. And it's honestly, it's frustrating. And I came across this picture that probably depicts how some of us feel. Uh, check out this dog. He's like, oh, there's a, there's a door here. No problem. He's, he's scratching, he's clawing, he's biting his way through, through the door, right? And he makes this huge, huge mess. But check out what's on the other side of that door. Another door. I don't know if you can see that, but like he thinks he's like, I'm going to knock down this door, but only to find there's another door there. And I don't know if you relate to the dog, but like, I feel like that's me a lot of times. I'm like, oh, there's a door there. Yeah, you bet. No, I'm going to push through the door only to find like, no, it's, it's not. No, now it's a brick wall. And, uh, and a lot of us can relate. A lot of us feel like that. We, we think if I could just get that job, things would be better. If I could just meet somebody who gets me, then I'd be happy. If my kids would just listen, if I could just get in to see that, that specialist, if I could just get in to see that other doctor, if I could just buy a house and, and you fill in the blank with whatever that door might be for you. But that, that, that mindset says something. That mindset says if I could just have that door open, then, then good things would happen. And when the door isn't open, we feel cut off from hope. We often feel like we're in a slump. We feel like everything's up, up to us. But here's what the one who loves you is saying. He's saying, I, I'm the door. Look to me. 
Trust me. I'm the one who opens all the good things in your life. And I'm the one who closes the door to protect you from some things in life. He reminds us that the steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. So there's no situation if you're walking with God that he hasn't allowed to come into your life. And there's some, some situations that he hasn't allowed to come into your life because he's the one orchestrating, guiding, directing your steps because he's the good shepherd and he's got good things in store for you. So it might be a redirection, but it's never a dead end with Jesus. And, and he reminds us that, that he's the one who protects us from the enemy that wants to steal, kill and destroy. Here's a, another picture. Uh, this is this is actually one of the world's. Check out this door. <laughs> like, wow, that's one of the world's heaviest doors. This bad boy is 12 feet tall and eight feet thick. This door weighs 97,000 pounds. I mean, that's a serious. That's a serious door. And there's one reason that this door closes. And it's protection. This door closes. If this door opens, bad things happen. Whenever it closes, like things, things are better with the world because uh, this door, it's actually found at uh, the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. And behind this door is, is what is called the Rotating Target Neutron Source 2, or RTNS2 for short. And it's the world's most intense source of continuous fusion neutrons. Now, honestly, I don't really have any idea what any of that means, uh, but I do know this. I'm thankful that door stays shut because if that door opens, if it needs that size of a door to protect me from what's ever on the other side, I'm grateful that door stays, stays shut. But God, he's not just the God of closed doors. He's also the God of, of open doors. And lots of us look at the, the world's largest locked door and we wonder what's waiting on the other side. But, but honestly, Jesus has already opened the heaviest door in the world. And Jesus says, I am the door. John 10, 9 says this, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the gate, I'm the door. Those who come in through me will be, will be saved. He's opened the heaviest door. He's made a way available to you so that you and I can be saved. And we remember what we're saved from. We remember what we're saved for. It opens up our, our eyes to, to this realm of gratitude that, that God's already opened the heaviest door that you and I could never open. And because he's opened the door to salvation, that means he's opened the door to purpose. It means he's opened the door to hope in your life and hope beyond this life. He's opened the door to a forever family. He's opened the door to, 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 to help in your time of need. He's opened the door to peace that passes understanding. He's opened the door to life on mission. He's opened the door to freedom. He's opened the door to abundant living, the open door to real rest. He's opened the door so that you and I can claim our rightful place as sons and daughters of the King. He's opened the door. He's opened the door to knowing the one who opens and closes all the doors in the universe. And he says, I am your good shepherd. And I'm going to open some doors for you. And I'm also going to close some doors for you because I know what's best for you. And he only, he only closes doors to keep you safe, closes doors to keep your life on track, fulfilling the purpose and the plans that he, he has for you. And so 
It's a good reminder that when we pursue him, who is in charge of all the open doors and all the closed doors, we find that he who is the door is actually all we ever needed in the first place. And because in him, he has the abundant life we desire. So let's thank God for the closed doors. And then secondly, let's, let's thankfully walk through open doors. Let's thankfully walk through open doors. Now, now before we go too far into this, I think this, this one does require some discernment. Because just because a door is open to you does not mean that's what God has for you. Uh, and so for me, whenever I'm facing a decision, like, like last year, we had an open door to go, go work with some of our best friends in a different part of the world where, where we can actually buy a house and it's not as expensive and it's not as challenging in ministry. It was an open door and it looked really great. But how we filter that decision is through, through this word will, W-I-L, word of God, influence of others, life situations, leading of the Holy Spirit. And all of them really checked boxes, except for the leading of the Holy Spirit. We just felt like God wasn't in it. He didn't want us to do that. And so, so we're, we're thankful for all the open doors. But just because the door is open doesn't mean it's the door you need to walk through. And so that's why it requires us to walk closely with God, to walk closely with the Good Shepherd so we can hear his voice and follow his leading. But he has already opened a whole lot of doors that he does desire for you to walk through. And notice, notice what Jesus says here about walking through open doors. It's found in John 10, 9. He says, he says I am the gate. Th those who come in through me will be saved. And they will come and they'll go freely. And what are they going to do? They're going to find good, good pastures. He's gonna find, they're going to find good stuff. He's opened the gate so people can come in and be saved. Like he's, he's opened the gate so you can be saved. And matter of fact, this, this, this verse kind of shows like what, our primary purpose here at Central, like we exist so, so you can know God, grow in freedom, show your purpose, go change the world. And that's what Jesus is saying. He said, I'm the gate. And because of me, you can know God. You can be saved. And then there's this, he invites us in this process to know the good shepherd and go on a journey with other people so that we can, we can find freedom from our hurts, habits, and hangups. We can really put to rest yesterday once and for all. And we do, we live, we live freely and, and, and become the people he's created us to be. But that's only part of it because he's got, got a purpose for you. And our hope is that you, you discover your purpose and show your purpose and in doing so, you go, go make a difference and, and change the world. Go find some good pastures and make a, make a difference. Here's what I mean. There's kind of two sides to this, this coin when it comes to, to green pastures. He's prepared in advance some good, good things for you. And it reminds me of this passage in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. It says, it says God saved you. By his grace when you believed. And, and you can't take credit for this. Like there's nothing you can do to earn it. Only God can do that. Only God can open that door. It's a gift of God. It's not the reward of good things that, that we've done. So that none of us can boast about it. For we are God's workmanship. We are God's masterpiece it says. Like you have so much more value than you can even fathom. God, God, he's so radically in love with you. And, and not only is he in love with you, but he values you. He calls you his masterpiece. He says he, he created you anew in Christ Jesus so that you can do the good things he had planned for you long ago. He, he says, come in, be saved. Like you, you come through the door, you can experience salvation and, and God saved you by his grace. 
He's given you incredible value, calls you his masterpiece. But then he saved you on purpose, for a purpose, so you can go find good pastures because he, he's, he's created you anew in, in Christ Jesus so you can do the things he had planned for you long, long ago. We aren't saved by good works, but we are renewed to do good, good works. It's, it's kind of like, Church gatherings, like, like we're, we're called to gather together so we can, can join on this online experience. We can, can rally together, experience community, hear from God's word, worship him, celebrate communion, anchor ourselves back into our purpose, anchor ourselves back into the cross. But they were also called to, to go back out tomorrow to work, to help people find and follow Jesus. We're called to live on mission for him. Come in, be saved, go out, find Good pastures. Be thankful for the doors he closes, but then, then also be thankful and walk through the doors that he has, has opened. He, he says this again in John 10, 9. Uh, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the gate. And, and matter of fact, I got some good pastures for, for you to find. He's opened doors to good pastures. Maybe that's reaching out to your neighbor. Maybe that's calling someone who you know has been, been struggling or sick. Maybe it's using your influence at work it, it, where God has placed you for, for good and for kingdom potential. Or maybe he's opening doors for you to, to join a serving team and invest in your life into some young kids to help them find and follow Jesus. Maybe he's, he's opened the door for you to join a group so you can do life with each other and sharpen each other along life's journey. There, there are times when we're supposed to ask, seek, and knock on doors. But there are other times when we're meant to walk through the doors that God has already opened to us. We were created to do good things that God planned in advance for you to do. So one, we're going to be, we're going to thank God for those closed doors. We recognize he's the good shepherd. He's got, it's not, it's not withholding from us on the other side of that door. He's actually protecting us from some things that we don't even know, see, or understand. And we're, we're going to be thankful for that. And second, we're going to thankfully walk through the open doors. And then finally, this is where it gets tricky. Let's be thankful in all circumstances. Be thankful in all circumstances because we recognize he's the gate. We recognize who's in charge of our life. We recognize who's the door. And so we say, God, you got our best interests in mind. And so I, no matter what circumstances come my way, I know it's, it's gone through the filter of the father. I know it's gone through the filter of the gate. So God, I'm going to choose to rejoice and be thankful. But have you ever noticed it's, it's easier to be grumpy in all circumstances than thankful in all circumstances? I don't know. Maybe you went on a family vacation this summer. Uh, some of our family vacations turned into some of the grumpiest moments I think our family experiences. Uh, most of our vacations center around like going to visit family uh, because they live in, in different parts of the world. And so uh, I remember a couple summers ago, we were going to visit my parents in, in Missouri. And so we flew into St. Louis and, and I thought, you know what, we're going to really treat the kids. We got a paid money to, to f more money to fly into St. Louis rather than Kansas City. We paid money to get a hotel room. Pa paid money to take them to a St. Louis Cardinals ball game because they're the best team in baseball. I'm just, I'm just going to throw it out there. Sorry if that offends you. But I think they're awesome. Uh, go Giants as well. Uh, or Dodgers. Or everyone's welcome. Whatever. Um, but but we pay money to do this, right? A hotel. Go swimming. You know what my kids did the whole time? Complained. Because we didn't go to grandma's house first. They complained, like all the thing they wanted to do would cost zero dollars. 
And they were just grumpy, complaining. We went to the ball, like I bought like a $15 hot dog. Like I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Like they don't even want to be here. It reminds me of like this, this picture. <laughs> Happy train. This is, uh, we're having a good time, right? This is fun. This is, this is fun. And a lot of us can go through life like that. I mean, how are we supposed to be thankful in all circumstances when we're grumpy even when we're paying to have a good time? Even How are we going to be thankful in all circumstances when we're grumpy on the happy train? You know what I'm saying? And here's what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 18. It says, always be joyful. Never stop, stop praying. Be thankful all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ listen if you want to know what God's will is for your life if you're like God do you want me to do this do you want me to like is it chocolate or vanilla like is it is it tacos tonight or cheeseburger like what's your will for my life listen he's laid it out be joyful always be thankful in all circumstances because this is what he's called us to and so how do we how do we live that? Like it's basically a biblical command. And Paul, the writer here, he says, says always be joyful, but, but how do we do that? Because you can't command feelings. Like you can't command your, I can't command my feelings. I wish I could. I wish I could do that for both of us. That'd be awesome. But, but he does give us some ways that we can lead ourselves to feelings. And notice what those, those feelings are, those practices are that lead to joy. And he lays them out here in this verse, and it's, it's prayer and it's gratitude. So it says, never stop praying. Always be joyful. Be thankful in all circumstances. We're going to be thankful. We're never going to stop, stop praying. First off, that word joyful there means to rejoice. It means to, to celebrate. It means to like, like throw a party. It, it, this is like even backed up by, by science whenever it comes to, to being joyful and thankful uh, there's a professor, Robert Immons, and, and he has been studying gratitude for, for, for decades. And there's so much research on this. So I could, I could quote uh, different data points for, for hours here, but, but here's just one final one. He's been studying gratitude for decades. And one uh, study method, he, he asks test subjects uh, to keep gratitude journals. And so I, I hope if you take nothing else from this message, I hope you do that. It'll lead to a more grateful heart. It'll lead to a more thankful life. And, and here's the good news. It doesn't have to be lengthy. It doesn't have to, you don't have to write pages and pages. But here's what he, he asked people to write a, a gratitude journal just once or twice a week at a set time. And he asked people to focus on, on being thankful as they wrote. And uh, these could be big things. These could be small things. Uh, they could even be somewhat negative in the sense of like, I'm glad that bad situation isn't happening to me, to me today. It could be things like, ah, things are going pretty well now, but I know I'm not sure they'll last forever. And he said that was, that was okay. And, uh, and it might encourage you to find that they didn't have to write long, drawn out lists, but they just had to be real, had to be things they're deeply thankful for. And, uh, and here's what they found. Here's what happened. There was a 25% increase in positive emotions like joy and pleasure. 25% increase. Like what if I told you in the next 10 weeks, you, if you do one thing, you'll get a 25% pay raise. Like would you be willing to try that for 10 weeks? Like 
like, count me in. I'll do that. Uh, but 25% increase. You do this for, for 10 weeks. You don't have to write long. You don't have to write a whole lot. Just once a week, set time, set place, document things you're thankful for. He says they, they experience a 25% increase in positive emotions like joy and pleasure. He also documented that people felt more alert, alive, and awake. People complained less about aches and pains. They exercised more. They slept an hour more per night and woke up more refreshed. And catch this, this exercise of cultivating gratefulness even lowered blood pressure a significant amount. Now here's a quote from Professor Emmons. He says this, he says, gratitude is one of the strongest links to mental health and life satisfaction of, of any other personality trait, more than optimism, hope, or compassion. The most satisfied people learn to see life through gratitude glasses. I like that. Let's be people who choose to see life through gratitude glasses. You can't fabricate the way you feel, but you can lead yourself but by applying biblical practices of always being thankful, praying continually, and giving thanks in, in all circumstances, to see life as a gift and therefore recognize the giver. And it leads us to a happier, more productive, more connected life. Uh, I love this quote from, from Ben Stein. I don't know if you know Ben Stein. I actually had to look him up. He, he was on, uh, uh, you might remember him from, uh, what's the name of that, that show? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Kristen Potter for the trivia win. But you remember, you remember ben, ben Stein. He's the one. Bueller. 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 No, that's Ben Stein. Anyway, here's a quote from him. Uh, he says this. I, I, can't, I, I cannot tell you anything that in a few minutes will tell you how to be rich but I can tell you how to feel rich, which is far better. He says this, be grateful. Be grateful about everything and you'll feel a lot richer than the billionaires I know who are always moaning about everything that happens. It's the only totally reliable get rich scheme. It's all about shifting your perspective from a, a problem mentality to a possibility mindset. The bridge we walk between problem and possibility is gratitude. Sometimes God opens doors that we like and other times he does not. But at all times, he's the gate. He is the door. He knows what you need to thrive in life. And because of that truth, let's be people who thank God for the closed doors. Let's rest in those. Let's thankfully walk through the open doors and do good that God has prepared in advance for us to do. Let's give thanks in all circumstances. Our best life isn't found on the other side of doors that Jesus closes. They're found on the other side of the doors that Jesus has already opened. Let's pray. Well, God, we do thank you for who you are. Even at times, God, when some of the closed doors seem tough, we don't always understand it. But God, we recognize today that you are the good shepherd and you, you close doors for our protection and you open doors, God, so we can fulfill the plans and purposes you have for our lives. So God, would you help me 
Would you help everyone tuning in today? Got to be people who are grateful. And thank you for closed doors. To be people who are thankful and recognize the doors you've opened and desire for us to walk through. And God, would you lead us by the power of your spirit in that? And God, help us today to be people who make the choice to always rejoice because God, you've been so good to us. We may, may we not focus on all the closed doors in our life. Help us to see all the doors you've already opened and live with grateful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.